Well, if you've got your Bibles, why don't you turn to John's Gospel, chapter 1. John's Gospel, chapter 1. And we're going to look at the first 14 verses. I'm going to read a couple of uh, extracts from that. And uh, so here we go. Verse 1 of John 1. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. Let's go to verse 10. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. How many are glad of verse 12 that says, To all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. Uh, have we got any children of God in here this morning? Yeah. I, I, I love the thought of being a child of God. All these testimonies this morning, the ones we had last week, of God's grace and love on us and caring for us and providing for us, etc., I just put this down here. This, this just happens to be the running order from the carol service. I don't know what it's doing up here still, but it's a bit out of date. Um, okay, we're going to come back to John 1 in a few minutes. But really, we're continuing our theme on the names associated with Jesus. Uh, it's interesting, the second song that we uh, were singing this morning, one of the lines in it is, Show me who you are and lead me in your love to those around me. This whole series about the names of Jesus, names associated with Jesus, is really to help us to find out a little bit more about who he is, that we may know him, that we may make him known, yeah? And so that's what we're about in this season. So today we want to focus on uh, the thought that Jesus is the Alpha and Omega, Jesus is the Alpha and Omega. And now you've got the Greek symbols for Alpha and Omega. Um, and we find this particularly referenced in Revelation. John's revelation that he had when on the Isle of Patmos, he was in the spirit on the Lord's day, he described it. And the Lord begins to speak to him and show him things. And in Revelation 1 verse 8, he says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was, and who is to come, the Almighty. Then if you go towards the end of Revelation, Revelation 21, 6, he said to me again, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And then the last chapter of the whole book, chapter 22, verse 13, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. So this whole thing... The Lord is um, revealing to John this sense of who was, who is, who is to come, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. I guess in our English language, if we were to say it, we would say, the Lord would say to us, I am the A and the Z. Not Z, because we are not American. I am the A and the Z, the beginning and the end. 
So Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega, but what does it mean? It's great to know it, but what does it actually mean? And I think as we go through these different names associated with Jesus, it begins to reveal a little bit more about who he is, his character, um, and definitely we find that with this whole thought of Alpha and Omega. So, as I mentioned, Greek alphabet, first letter, Alpha, last, alphabet, uh, last letter, Omega. Jesus, he's saying, is before all things, including the time that we know. A scripture that we sometimes reference over the Christmas period is a prophetic scripture about the coming of Jesus. And it's in Micah chapter 5, and it's in verse 2, where it says there, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old, from ancient times. This is a prophetic indicator of the coming of Jesus, but whose origins aren't with the birth of Jesus as we know it, the incarnation, but actually of ancient times. <clears throat> then if you go to the New Testament and Jesus in his own declarations. One day he's having a bit of a dialogue with uh, the Jews and they're accusing him of all sorts of things and they're, they're even saying, you're demon-possessed. And he responds to them, and you find it in John chapter 8, verse 58, very truly I tell you, Jesus answered, before Abraham was born, I am. Whoa. Before Abraham was born, I am. Just remember the words I am for a moment. Jesus in his high priestly prayer where he's praying to the Father, you know, that pray, famous prayer where he prays that we would be one, even as he and the Father is one. There's a line in there where Jesus says this uh, in the high priestly prayer, John 17, verse 5. He says, now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had before the world began. Stating his existence pre the world that we know it. Now, Let's try and imagine this for a moment. This is going to take a bit of imagining because our brains are finite. But let's imagine this stage is the timeline of humanity as we know it. So creation, Adam and Eve over on this corner, and we trundle through time. We come to the birth of Jesus. We come to... Life as we know it, the history books that we know, we know, and we don't know how much further we've got to go before something else happens. Okay, so imagine that for a moment. Jesus is saying, I know I know I have to turn this on to mute. Before all that I was. Huh? Glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. The only problem is the, the, the building's not big enough. Because the timeline, well, it's beyond what our thinking. So Jesus is the one who was. He's the one who is. And then... He's the one who is to come. And all we understand is that bit over there. 
there's a time coming and we get another prophetic indicator that we often read over the Christmas period. And it's in Isaiah 9, a well-known scripture, and verse 7, and I'll read it from the New Living Translation. It says, his government and his peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. He is the Omega, the end. In other words, really, he has no beginning and he has no end in our understanding. How many are glad that we don't follow a God who, well, is just a man-made deity? Some so-called good ideas philosophy. The reality is we follow Jesus, the God who manifests himself in our time and space, but yet is of eternal nature. Saying that Jesus is Alpha and Omega is saying that he existed and he always will exist. Isn't it interesting that in the very first book of the Bible, in the very first chapter, in the very first verse, he's named. And in the very last book of the very last chapter, and the very last verse, he's named. Huh. So he's the beginner of all things, Jesus. John 1, let's go back to the scripture we read right at the beginning, 1 verse 3. Through him, all things were made. Everybody say, all things. Now tell me something that wasn't made by him. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. Wow. Jesus... The Father and Holy Spirit brought all that we understand into creative being. Verse 10 of John 1 says, He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. Did you know that Jesus is the biological engineer? who put the world's ecological systems in place. And we're still discovering them today. We've discovered an awful lot, but scientists keep finding a bit more. Did you know that Jesus is the designer of life's DNA? That only recent years that was begun to be understood and is still being explored. He put the intricate chemistry of the human body into place. That's my Lord. You know, if you've got an issue, I've got a bit of a, as you can tell probably with my voice, a bit of a cold. But Lord, you can deal with that. That's nothing. You got a health issue this morning? Well, the design engineer is on call. He's overlooking your life. Consider having Jesus, the one 
with us going through 2019. Because he not only is the creator, but he holds it all in place. Listen to this. Paul writes to the church at Colossae, chapter 1, verse 17. He is before all things, and in, thing, in him all things hold together. He's before all things, and in him all things hold together. You see, Jesus was not just a good man, not even the best of men. He wasn't just a good prophet, not even the best or the mightiest of prophets. He's not just a deity of many that we could choose to follow. But all things were made by him. And in him was life. And he is the author of the created order. That's my Lord. That's your Lord. All things made by him. He's the reason things continue to exist. Hello? We don't need, here's the thought, we do not need to fear the unknowns of 2019. Because he holds it all together. Jesus knows the beginning and the end of the story with regards to your life. And he's got you in the palm of his hand. Listen to what he said in John 10, verse 28. I give them eternal life. Anybody got eternal life in this place? Gift of the Lord. And they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. I was reading about a guy, his name's Lloyd Douglas. He was an author. He wrote a book, it was called The Robe. They made a film out of it. Some of you are old enough to remember. It was released in 1953. Richard Burton was in it. It was about the centurion who was commissioned with the execution of Jesus. But Lloyd Douglas, the guy who wrote the book that that film was based on, when he was a university student, he lived in um, uh, a boarding house and downstairs on the ground floor of the house was an old guy who lived there. He was a former music teacher, professor, I think. And um, Lloyd Douglas uh, said, we had this little routine that we went through pretty much most mornings. He said, I would get up, I'd go downstairs, I'd knock on his door and, and just open the door and say, how are you? What is the good news today? And the old man, he was pretty infirm and he was in a wheelchair and he would get his tuning fork and he would tap the side of the chair and as the tuning fork rung out he said that is middle C and then he said it was middle C yesterday it'll be middle C tomorrow it'll be middle C a thousand years from now he said the guy upstairs he sings out of tune the piano across the corridor that's a bit flat but this is middle C. See, the old guy had found a constant that he could keep referring to. I want to tell you, and I hope you understand, that for you and me, the one constant, the one 
absolute, of which there is no shadow of turning, is Jesus Christ. He was, he is, and he is to come. Hebrews 13, verse 8, well-known scripture. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. When you consider some of these New Testament statements, some of them claims of Jesus himself, and you consider these and how they sort of link with the Old Testament. (coughs) And there's an identification with the Godhead and Jesus in the Old Testament. Remember what I talked about I am earlier? Genesis 3.14, where Moses is being commissioned by God to go and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt. And Moses says, well, who am I to go and do that? And God says to him in Genesis 3.14, I am who I am. That is what you are to say to the Israelites, I am has sent me to you. I am. There it is again. When you look at Isaiah, there's a number of references in Isaiah to this, and God speaks to Isaiah the prophet in Isaiah 41 verse 4. Who has done such mighty deeds, he says, summoning each new generation from the beginning of time? It is I, the Lord, the first and the last, I alone am he. Chapter 44 verse 4, I, the Lord, am the first and with the last, I am he. Chapter 44, 6, I am the first and I am the last and beside them there is no God. 48, 12, I am he. I am the first, I'm also the last. Clear indicators about the eternal nature of God that Jesus references and connects to in the statements he makes in the New Testament. But what about for us today? (coughs) Getting a a measure of that, trying to understand that for ourselves. How should that affect how we live and what we do? Well, Hebrews 12, first couple of verses, I'll read it from the New King James Version. It says this, Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. The author and the finisher. The beginner and the one who will bring it to completion. This being true, we are invited at the beginning of a new year, I believe, to commit our way to the Lord again. Somebody, uh, one of the baptismal candidates last week received the scripture from Proverbs 3, well known perhaps to some of you, verse 5 and 6, where it says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, in all your ways submit to him, and he will make your path straight, or he will direct your paths. What a great promise. That's a promise for each one of us. But in order to do this, we are exhorted in Hebrews 12, which we just read, and I'll read this from the NIV this time, to cast off everything that hinders. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer 
and the perfecter of our faith. Musicians, why don't you come back? I'm going to wrap this up. The first song we sang, and Liz referenced it uh, in her thoughts a few moments ago. First line in that song, I think it's the first line, it says, come set your rule and reign in our lives again. As we stand on the edge of this new year, are you and I willing to say that again? Come set your rule and reign in our lives again. Knowing that the Alpha and the Omega, the one who holds it all together is never going to let us down. Are we willing to put our hands, our life in his hands? With all the uncertainties of this world and maybe things that are uncertain in our own personal lives, are we willing again to put everything in the hands of Jesus? If you're willing to say that today at the beginning of another new year, why don't you stand with me and I want to pray. Because the one who was and is, and is to come, loves you with an incredible love. Father, right here, right now, in this place, in this moment, on the 6th of January, 2019, we invite you, as it were, to take a snapshot of this gathering this morning that we're in. As we stand to our feet, we ask you to take a snapshot of it And like Facebook, just bring us a reminder of that snapshot every now and again. Lord, because we really want to do this with integrity and commitment to you, we want to say, Lord, your will be done. Your kingdom come in my life, the life of my family, the work that I'm involved in, the things I put my hands to, Lord Jesus, the time I spend doing the stuff of life. Lord, I ask you to be right at the very center of it all. Lord, come set your rule and reign in our hearts and lives again. Lord, I praise you and I bless you because you never change. You are the constant, the one who was and is and is to come. And then when I reflect on your goodness through the history of my life, I have a confidence for the future that helps me to lift my head to know that you are for us and not against us. And if you are for us, then who can be against us? We thank you for that promise in Jesus' name. Amen.